So right off the bat, one of the things that makes this race so, so crazy <laughs> is that you start at 11.59 p.m. So you're essentially, you're starting at midnight. It's the middle of the night. It's dark. It's cold. The weather could be doing anything. Um, and there are actually, there are 200 teams. As a participant, you compete with a partner. Um, and so there's 400 people all like starting this race in the middle of the night, headlamps on. It's, it's actually a pretty cool scene. I'm Tony. And I'm Will. Welcome to another episode of Topophilia. Today we're kicking off a new series called Wild Work, which highlights individuals who, motivated by their connections to place, are devoting time and resources to creating something amazing. These folks are passionate, driven, and inspired to do their work by the places that they choose to surround themselves with. They're athletes, fishermen, scientists, activists, and more. What unites them is their sense of commitment to a cause which is rooted in their communities livelihoods, and the places that they call home. Today, we're bringing you a conversation with Carrie Favaloro, an Aspen Mountain ski patroller, educator, and badass mountain athlete, among many other things. We called up Carrie to discuss an inspiring and important project that she's working on. Carrie is racing the Grand Traverse, a 40-mile ski race from Crested Butte to Aspen, Colorado, through the rugged Elk Mountains. Along the way, she's raising money for the Wilder Woman Project, a Colorado nonprofit that creates opportunities for women to spend time in wild places together. So far, Carrie and her partner, Sammy Potters, have raised over $5,000 and counting. During the race, Carrie and Sammy will have to rely closely on each other to assess avalanche problems, make route finding decisions, and pick each other up when they're feeling down. As she explains, the race is a perfect example of why it's so important for women to get outside together to learn more about themselves and the spaces they find themselves in. We hope you enjoy listening. Well, Carrie, it's uh, great to have you here. Um, we're really excited to talk to you. Um, Thanks, Will. Yeah. Do you mind uh, just introducing yourself real quick? Like, where are you, where are you and what, what do you do on a, on a daily basis? Yeah, sure. I am Carrie. I live in Aspen, Colorado, and I've lived here. I'm now in my fifth year out here, which is crazy. I initially moved to Aspen from Middlebury, Vermont, where I went to college, and I studied biology as an undergrad and coming out of college was interested in environmental education and teaching, but didn't want to be in a classroom, stumbled upon the Aspen Center for Environmental Studies and um, got a job, a summer internship as a naturalist leading hikes. So that was what initially brought me out to Aspen. And in the five years I've been here, I've had a bunch of different roles. Um, most recently, I have spent my time teaching biology in the summers with a summer program in Carbondale and working as a ski patroller on Aspen Mountain for a couple years and also helping out a local family as a personal assistant. Yeah, quite the the Aspen hustle, as we like to call yes. it. How many different jobs can you do? Exactly. And uh, what you just completed something pretty cool, like what three three days ago? What day is it? Tuesday. Yes. Yep, three days ago. And what was that? So I just on Saturday raced in the Power of Four, which is a pretty cool local schemo race. Schemo is ski mountaineering. 
And uh, ski mountaineering basically involves walking uphill on skis for long distances, um, sometimes boot packing with your skis on your pack, and then skiing down. And the Power of Four race is, I think, is a really fun race for people who live in Aspen in particular because it's a chance to kind of explore our four home mountains. So Aspen Snowmass, the ski company actually has four different mountains in the Aspen area. And in this race, you ski all four of them. So you start at Snowmass, skin up to the top, um, traverse over to Thai Hack, which is part of Buttermilk, ski down to the base of Highlands, skin all the way up Highlands, ski down to Castle Creek Road, and then up the backside of Aspen Mountain. So in total, it ends up being about 25 miles and 12,000 feet of elevation gain. That is, uh, that sounds like a lot of pain. It, <laughs> yes, definitely a painful race. <laughs> Have you done anything since then? I would just lay on the couch for the rest of the next three days. Well, this uh, race came right in the middle of an amazing snow cycle here in Aspen. And so I had to get up the next morning and ski powder. (laughs) (laughs) So you went skiing the next day after racing 25 miles on your skis, you went skiing. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Um, Great. Well, I'm clearly made the wrong life decisions here. um, And so this race is, I mean, sort of training for this bigger, this bigger goal you're working on, right? Yeah, so I am racing this year with um, at, with with a with a big goal in mind, um, as you said, and that is that I'm fundraising for a nonprofit called the Wilder Women Project, and um, yeah. What is and can you tell us what the Wilder Women Project is? Because I didn't actually know you were that involved in this until you started showing up all over my Instagram feed, which has been a, a lot recently, but you've really yeah. been hitting that hard. They're very unusual for I me. I know. We were like, wow, Carrie's really active. What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah. So the Wilder Women Project is a nonprofit that was founded by Ashley Dwight, who lives in Aspen and grew up here. And she's a good friend of mine. Um, we actually met doing EMT training several years ago. And... Ashley started the Wilder Women Project um, really with a vision of using wild spaces and using in in conjunction with um, outdoor recreation and spirituality and mindfulness and bringing women as, as a way of bringing women together and empowering women um, and. Yeah, so I initially became connected with the Wilder Women Project through Ashley inviting me to join on a trip last winter. And I have to say, I've, I have loved outdoor recreation is a huge part of my life. And I've had the opportunity to do lots of hut trips and lots of backcountry trips. And many of those have been with groups of women. And so when I first had the opportunity to go on this trip, I was like, yeah, cool. Sounds sounds great. Sounds right up my alley. And then was kind of blown away as a participant on the trip 
at just how different it felt to be in that space in kind of a more facilitated environment through, through the wilder women, um, group. And so that really motivated me to think like, okay, obviously there's something, you know, I, I've known for a long time, the value of, of the outdoors and of wilderness, um, just for myself personally, but it kind of gave me a fresh perspective on, on what that can mean for groups of women and for, um, for individuals in terms of, of what, a um, kind of what a, what a motivating force that can be. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you, I mean, you are, you know, stranger to spending time outside, like lots of time and with a group of women, but this, this trip last year felt like a different sort of experience because of the, who was running it. I mean, the group that was running it and the structure they maybe brought to it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I, um, there, it, it struck this really great balance of, kind of letting the power of, you know, just simply being in a hut with other people and being out, you know, setting a skin track through fresh snow, kind of let those experiences speak for themselves. And also balance that really nicely with having times that were more facilitated and, um, and had us, you know, like, sitting down and asking questions and engaging in conversations and doing work, you know, really workshopping kind of, um, all, all sorts of different things. And, and the trip was also the participants were real. There was no, it would be hard to, there, the, the women on the trip came from all different backgrounds. So I think the age span was 22 to probably mid sixties. Um, there were, this trip was mostly local women. So mostly women who live in the Aspen area. Um, but other trips definitely have a mix from all over. Um, and I really loved that. Like I was able to meet, meet people for the first time, go out on this trip with them and engage in, in what felt to me like a really powerful experience. Cool. That's really, that's really cool to hear. I mean, that's, and that's why we wanted to talk to you is we thought there might be something here worth exploring. Um, And so based on that experience, you're now raising this money. I mean, I guess what you, your goal is to have help more women have this sort of experience, right? And to spread the sort of time you got to spend with those women and have other opportunities for that. Yeah, exactly. And for me, this really, you know, the, the, the Wilder Women Project trip that I went on last winter um, gave, gave me a local project that I could throw my support behind. But for me, this was really, has been a, the, the idea of being in the out, that the knowledge that being in the outdoors with other girls or women is a powerful thing. That's been with me since I was a young kid, because starting at the age of nine, I spent my summers, in Maine at a summer camp called Wynagonic, which I totally adore. And a huge part of my summer experience through this camp was being out on hiking trips and on canoeing trips and, you know, sleeping in tents um, and building fires and cooking our own food and all, all of those things. And so from a very young age, it was instilled in me that like this was this was kind of the ultimate way of um, connecting with other people and learning about a landscape. And I 
since moving to Aspen, outdoor recreation has been a huge priority for me. And it's been a wonderful part of how I've built community. But I think when I, having that, all of a sudden I had this like really structured way that I felt I could reconnect with this specific goal of, um, of bringing women together in the outdoors and, um, and allowing, yeah, kind of help increasing access for other people who maybe didn't have the summer camp experiences that I had growing up. Yeah. I mean, this is actually, I think taps into something we've been thinking a lot about, which is we're, we're trying to talk to people who are finding ways to make change in their communities. And sometimes it feels like you're in a small niche thing, like schema racing or whatever right. you do. And you're like, well, how the heck do I still affect change? And, but it turns out there's always opportunities to do that. Um, and that's what it sounds like for you is a way to, to affect change on even on a small scale, but yeah. on something you really care about, which is really cool yeah, to hear. Exactly. Yeah. And I think um, it resonates with people when something that you had access to growing up and you realize how important that is, um, being able to give that back to other people. I think that is really powerful on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, with, with, um, with the, to connect it to the schemo racing, these are, these races, as I, as I said at the start, like they're hard, they are, um, it, it, it takes some, some real grit and motivation to, to take them on. And it's been, and I've, I've, I've done schema racing in the past. So this isn't my first shot at it. Um, since moving to Aspen, I've participated in a few of these races and it's been really cool this year to just feel the difference of doing these races, but having this broader kind of overarching goal and reason behind the competition. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really not so much about the competition. It's about like, okay, what is this, what is this saying? And, um, and how is my participation in this event part of something bigger than just walking uphill with my skis on? Right. Yeah. How do you bring it to a bigger audience and yeah, push past the boundaries of just the event. I think that's that's hard to do, but if you find ways to do it, it's definitely more exciting. Yeah. And I think, yeah, uh, yeah honestly, that's pretty great. And can you, I don't know if you already said this, but so the the Power 4 you just did was, what, 25 miles and 11K or what is it? Yeah, and almost 12K. Almost 12. Yeah. And the, so the Grand Traverse, this race that you're training for that you're going to yeah. do in what, a, a couple, like a month or? Yeah, at the end of March. So we're now four weeks away, I yeah. think. Yeah, so, so this is not the first time you've done this. Can you describe uh, what, the, what the Grand Traverse is? Because it's, it's even more crazy than the Power of Four, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it is also kind of a crazy race. So the Grand Traverse starts in the town of Crested Butte, Colorado, and um so right off the bat, one of the things that makes this race so so crazy is that you start at 11.59 p.m. So you're essentially, you're starting at midnight. It's the middle of the night. It's dark. It's cold. The weather could be doing anything. Um, and there are actually, there are 200 teams um, that participate every year. So each, as a participant, you compete with a partner. Um, 
And so there's 400 people all like starting this race in the middle of the night, headlamps on. It's, it's actually a pretty cool scene. And so you go from Crested Butte up and over the Elk Mountains, um, traveling 40 miles. So, and it's primarily through backcountry terrain. So you're navigating, um, you know, whatever the snow conditions may be, you are dealing with, um, you know, there's the, there, there are a whole different set of safety concerns when you're traveling in the backcountry, Um, and, and there are some avalanche concerns with this race as well. Um, the race team does a great job to mitigate those, but that's part of the idea of having a partner is like, you're in the backcountry, you need someone at your side kind of helping with this mission. And so you start in Crested Butte, travel 40 miles over the mountains. Um, this race you're gaining, I think about 7,000 vertical feet and you end the race in Aspen skiing down the front side of Aspen mountain, um, which which for me feels like a really cool homecoming because not only has Aspen, the town, been my home for the past five years, but also as a ski patroller on Aspen Mountain, that mountain really feels, um, has a special place in, in, in my little Aspen world. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yes. So if you've never been to Colorado, the Elk Mountains are really, really rugged. Uh, they're, they're, po- yeah. they're pokey and pointy and um, <laughs> all sorts of wild and, uh, we'll, we'll put a picture somewhere so that people yeah. can see exactly what terrain carries skiing over. Um, you just touched on something that I think I'd like to hear more about, which is that this race uh, has to happen with a partner. Um, yep. Can you talk about what it means to be in a partnership in this race and particularly like your partner and how that relates to this project? Because I, I suspect there's a, there's a connection there. Yeah. So I have the best partner. Her name's Sammy Podhurst. And, um, Sammy and I met a few years ago, we were both boot packing the Highland bowl, which is kind of a hard thing to concisely explain. (laughs) Basically (laughs) Um, walking up and down a a snowy hill. Just that's, that's what you do. really minimizes <laughs> <laughs> what you're actually doing. I mean, the Highland Bowl is this epic feature at the Aspen Highland Ski Resort. Um, and it's really, it, 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 it's sort of no, known throughout the land as this amazing, um, it's amazing that it's part of the ski resort because the bowl is big, it's really steep, and pretty much all of it is avalanche terrain. So in order for this to safely be part of the Highland Ski Resort, the Highlands Patrol has to work super hard all through the season to um, mitigate avalanche conditions as best they can. And one of the main ways that they do that is that in the early season, before the Highland Bowl opens, um, they get a crew of volunteers who spend several weeks literally, as Will said, walking up and down through the snow. And the idea is that in ski boots. Um, so the idea is that you as, as a volunteer team are punching through the layers of the snowpack and breaking up any weak layers that might exist. So throughout the rest of the season, as new snow falls, the patrol can at least have relative confidence that those base layers of the snowpack are not going to move. Um, so they really just have to worry about the more recent storm cycles. So boot packing is in and of itself, a sort of 
a, a wild endeavor. Um, and it is a motley crew of volunteers who help with this. The reason people are motivated to volunteer is that if you spend 15 days um, helping the patrol, and these are full days, you get a ski pass for free from the ski company. So four years ago, Sammy and I were both bootpacking. Um, we immediately hit it off. We both had this like weird enjoyment of what we were doing. And um, yeah, and so Sammy's been a friend ever since. And then we started racing together um, a couple years ago sort of spontaneously decided to do a race together. We ended up um, doing really well in the race and we were like, huh, maybe we should do this more. And so since then we've had a really, a really cool partnership. And I think part of what makes our partnership, well, there's a lot of things that I love about kind of the way we function as a team. Um, but one of the big things is that we both, we we both have, we, we have this shared appreciation for being in the outdoors and doing hard stuff. And, um, and, and really in spite of the challenges of any given situation, Sammy and I both, um, we both, we, we really love like being outside even when it's hard. And, um, we both come from industries that tend to be that have historically been more male dominated. So Sammy works as a mountain guide with Aspen expeditions and, um, I'm part of the ski patrol world. And, and obviously both of those worlds have amazing women who have, um, you know, are, are huge players in the field. Um, but I think it is fair to say that they're, they're, they're still a little bit of a, culture of, and even just an expectation of like it being a male, those being male dominated fields. So for both of us, the issue of having, you know, empowering women to feel, to feel good in the outdoors is, is one of, of real importance. Um, and so Sammy, when I went on this trip last year and then Ashley and I were talking about like ways to, to keep, um, you know, kind of help helping out with the Wilder Women Project. And we had the idea of doing the Grand Traverse as a charity race. And Sammy immediately was like, yes, that sounds great. I'm, I'm totally in. Cool. Um, that's, I, I wish I had met Sammy, but I don't think I ever did. Really? I don't think so. But I also don't have like a penchant for pain <laughs> like you. So I'm not yeah. packing up Aspen <laughs> Highlands and racing uh -huh. across the Elk Mountains. So, uh, yeah. But, um, that's really cool that you guys have built that partnership over yeah. over the years. And so, so can I, can I add something? Cause I yeah. think I didn't, I should have addressed this a little more. Um, one of the things that, that is cool about these schema races is that when you're in the race and you're racing with a partner, um, there, you know, that, that dynamic throughout the whole, length of the suffer fest is, is really, really important. And, um, and you know, there's times when what, what Sammy and I have found is that when we race together, there's times where Sammy's feeling super strong and she's setting the pace and she's, um, you know, kind of pu pulling me along. And then 
there's times when it's the opposite and having that give and take is, is really, really cool. And knowing, I, I think there's this, so part of why we've decided, we decided that racing the grand traverse as a charity team was like a good way to support the wilder women cause was that there's all these parallels between like what you experience when you're out on a hut trip in the back country with a group of women and what you experience when you're, you know, racing up and over the elk mountains with a partner. Um, and so it's kind of like this, this little microcosm that's where it's sort of intensified in certain ways um, when when you're in that race environment of all the things that make um, that make the outdoors and being in the outdoors with other women it feel like a valuable and important experience. So, you know, there's like the I've got your back feeling that comes up um, in terms of like you got to look out for your partner and check in and are they drinking water and do they need food and um, like, okay, I'll get your mittens out of your pack while you put my skins in my pack. And, um, I think that's a really cool dynamic. Um, there's, there's that just feeling of like, like the shared euphoria when you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, we're on star pass and the sun is rising and it's beautiful. And I get to share this moment with you. Um, there's, there's the satisfaction at the end of a race when you come through something and you feel you really do like gain friendship and intimacy in those moments of shared accomplishment. And so all of those to me have parallels of what can be experienced on a wilder women trip. Um, and so that made it feel like a really natural fit to like align this fundraising project, um, with our, of our, you know, racing the Grand Traverse, um, with the Wilder Women nonprofit. Yeah, that's a, a neat way to compare the two. I like that kind of microcosm aspect of it, because it's true. I mean, you and Sammy are doing this really incredible thing, and you're showing to uh, men and women alike, like, <laughs> how cool it is, and what the, what all the great things that can come from that are, um, and that extends to that project you're working with. And you've raised how, like almost $6,000, is that right? Yeah, we're almost at $6,000. So we originally set a goal of $5,000 and um, managed to hit hit that goal pretty quickly. And so we're, we're just trying to keep the support rolling um, and yeah, and see see how much we can raise. Yeah, that's very exciting. And we'll have a, we'll have a link somewhere so that folks can uh, keep taking that number up um, who want to support the cause. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, I also wanted to ask, I mean, do you, as you've been sort of developing as a schema racer and a ski patroller and an advocate for women outdoors, I mean, what, what advice or what would you say to folks who also want to engage in that or engage in their own sort of, uh, niches, niche roles that we talked about earlier? I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Well, oh, the first one I got um, the whole time. Yeah. That has one good question. Um, so I think, you know, one thing is that getting outside doesn't need to be like this epic thing. So, um, the, the, like, just because you don't, do the Grand Traverse or, um, 
or, you know, want to like hike the four pass loop in a day like that. That's, that's actually not what it's all about. And like, even though Sammy and I are sort of using this, um, this big objective as a way of garnering support, um, I, I, I'd like to think that, that the really what, what, what we're trying to promote is just, just getting out in any form, um, and, and increasing like, you know, going out for a a walk on snowshoes for an hour is, um, is, is awesome. And is, and is something, and, and, and I do that too. Like on, you know, it's not like every day has to be a big day with this objective and you have to ski that line. And, um, so that's one thing is like, don't, don't downgrade the, um, significance or the value of, of all the ways that you can get outside. Um, and then another thing I want to mention is like, I'm not in any way trying to imply that the only way for women to be outdoors is with other women. I have had amazing adventure partners who are guys, you among them, Will. Oh, shucks. <laughs> and when, yeah, when I, when I first moved to Aspen, Will was my first you're talking to me you know I'm right, I'm right here <laughs> I, I know <laughs> you will were my oh. first adventure buddy yeah. <laughs> um and uh yeah and and so so again kind of like I, I I don't want for our cause to be misconstrued as like the only way for women to be outside is with other women I think that there is something unique that comes from female environments and I think that it can often be a really um, feel like a, a safer entry point for people who are, um, who have less experience. Um, but I also, so in terms of like boiling that down to a nugget of advice is like good adventure partners come in all forms. And so be open, be open to that as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that. It's a uh, point out the fact that, um, this is not, it doesn't have to be, you know, level 11 all the time. Like there's, I think yeah. sometimes, especially in this kind of social media age, if you will, there's this impression that people are always doing rad stuff all the time and there's no rest yeah. days. And that's just simply not true. And often right. those slow days are vitally important to being able to do the big days. So I was glad to hear that. Yeah. I also like to point yeah. out that the first time Carrie and I adventured, she stuck her head <laughs> in a stream. What did you, what did you call that? I was thinking about this the other day. That. Oh, oh, it was Jamie's oh, it was term. Jamie's it was like term. a whoopty, a whoopty doodle. <laughs> Whatever it was, you stuck your head straight into Hunter Creek, which was just pure snow melt. And I stood there and was like, nope, I'm good. And that pretty much describes me versus you right there. So I'm like, eh, seems like too much pain, too much suffering. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, great, Carrie. That's, uh, that's all amazing. And cool to hear you talk about it, uh, in this, in this format. Um, is there anything else that you, that I didn't ask? Cause as you, I point out uh, one good question, but, uh, other than that, are there other <laughs> things you wanted to touch on? Um, um hmm. no, I don't think so. No? Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Cool. That was fun to do. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks. I hope I, 
wasn't too long-winded. No, 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 you're good. What a cool and inspiring story. If you want to find out more about Kerry, the Grand Traverse, and what it takes to race 40 miles on skis, or if you want to donate money to the Wilder Women Project, you can find the link to their GoFundMe page on our website. In addition, you can see some cool photos of Carrie and Sammy in the middle of training. Stay tuned for our next installment of the Wild Work series. And if you know someone working on a cool project, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. Come and see.